0: Welcome to The Last 8% Morning. This is J.P. Palu Fry. I am so glad we're together today. We're going to do something different this week. In Finding Our Voice Week, we use these three podcasts to reflect and pause on the international story that is a response to the murder of George Floyd in Minneapolis by police. And the long history of systemic racial oppression. It may seem strange for a morning routine to venture into what follows, but no. Our mission is founded on the belief that we are all capable of personal transformation. Indeed, it is only by facing the difficult that we can transform. And part of personal transformation is facing the world as it is. So our work today is to see if we can face the world as it is and see if we can use that to break us open as opposed to break us down. Let's walk. Out and walking, feeling our feet on the ground, standing tall, feeling our belly rise and fall, being grateful to be alive, looking around feeling so fortunate to be safe and secure. This will be a different episode today. We are starting with mindfulness of belly and body, which we normally do. And I'm going to ask you to check in every now and then as we go through. But we are going to move to our idea of the day sooner than usual, because there is lots to say. So just feel your body as you're walking, your feet on the ground, feel your hands and your wrists, feel your knees and your hips, your belly rise and fall. And now including listening and reflecting into our mindfulness practice. I want to start by recognizing that our listeners come from many different backgrounds. Some of us have been thinking about systemic racial injustice seriously for a week. Some of us for several years. Some of us have been thinking about this and enduring this for our lifetime as part of daily lived experience. And I want to recognize that this is a lot to process right now on top of the pressure to educate white friends, colleagues, and society at large. And while I want to use this platform as a place for pause and reflection And in Inward Journey, I even question whether this podcast is the appropriate place to talk and discuss this. This story comes from an experience that is so different from my own, given I am a cisgender, white, straight male, who was born into privilege and has only known privilege. Whatever the case, I come to this podcast this week with hopefully a humility and the recognition maybe more than anything that silence is complicity. So feeling our feet on the ground, standing tall, feeling our belly rise and fall, When we face events like last week, they have the potential to break us down or break us open. What do I mean by that? Elizabeth Lesser wrote that you can either break down and stay broken down and eventually shut down, or you can break open. It's a decision you make, it's a commitment. During times of transition, and seemingly insurmountable adversity like what has just happened, life offers us a choice to turn away from change or to embrace it, to shut down or to be broken, open, and transformed. This is a difficult time. I know that a lot of us are angry and incensed about the George Floyd murder. For those of us who have witnessed this for our lifetimes, I'm sure there is a feeling of, again, feeling cynical about the potential for real change, dubious about whether the power structures of society can or will change. While all of this is true, I would like to challenge us to see if we can use this moment to break ourselves open. To open to the pain and not push it away. To see if we can be open to the possibility of learning. To be open to the possibility of real change. So when I say open, open to what? I think there's some external truths and some internal truths. So first the external how our history of slavery, the terror of slavery, and the theft of indigenous lands continues today as systemic racism, to how scared and vulnerable communities of color have felt for generations, and how it is not changing, to how it is causing, in fact, something called weathering, a term that describes how the constant stress of racism leads to premature biological aging and poor health outcomes for black people, such as disproportionately high death rates, and chronic conditions such as heart disease, stroke, diabetes, and most cancers. This is the truth. This is what the data tells us. Some of us may not be aware of this, or we may not want to accept it, but it is just true. By the way, I'm a bit mindful that I'm using the universal we a lot. And I realize it's somewhat problematic because our podcast audience is coming from many different viewpoints. But it feels like the best way forward for me because I know that some of us have felt some of the things I'm describing and I want to speak to each of us. I want to speak to you. So there are some uncomfortable external truths There are also some uncomfortable internal truths that right now we are probably feeling some very strong emotions that are difficult to understand and process, that we are scared about what we should do, that we are afraid of how we might be judged by our actions. Are we doing enough? Are we not doing enough? Are we doing things just for show? If you are feeling this again, just know you are not alone. But that doesn't mean we stand pat and wait for things to pass to go away. That's not what it means to be a last eight percenter. To be a last eight percenter means to be aware of how we are facing our challenges and to accept the challenge. To not only be unafraid to meet our most difficult situations head on, but to see our last eight situ- situations but to see our last 8% situations as the terrain where we can create a better version of ourselves. So ask yourself, how do you want to use this time to put your head in the sand to be passive or to open up your heart and challenge yourself to grow through this so that you can become someone who becomes anti-racist, Today, it is not enough just to be opposed to racism in universal terms. That is what's known as a non-racist. To make a difference today, we need to make a choice to be opened up and become a term that many of us might not be aware of. And that's anti-racist. So not non-racist, but anti-racist. Which means that we actively work against racism. We don't stay silent. This is a distinction I think many of us are unfamiliar with. I know in my own learning, this is I didn't quite understand this difference. But it is an important distinction because being non-racist is not enough today. It hasn't gotten us anywhere, or at least not far enough. And there is a big reason why we need to go further than just being non-racist and become anti-racist. And it's all because of social norms. Much of human behavior is driven by social norms. If we are not vocal, if we are not active about being anti-racist, we communicate a message to others that their actions are not serious enough to warrant a response. Our inaction sends a message to these perpetrators that it is okay to transgress like this. Silence, as activists have told us across the world, is complicity. Further, to the victims of the perpetrator's behavior, we say through our inaction that we do not consider their rights worthy of defense. That is why it is not enough to be non-racist. We need to be anti-racist. And to follow the teachings of Abram X. Kendi's important book, How to Be an Anti-Racist. This is an important book. He says there is no such thing as neutral when it comes to race. We need to be openly and forcefully opposed to any and all forms of behavior that is in any way racist or prejudicial. It is not just a matter of speech. It's also policies and systems that are in place. So to break open is to be open to both the pain we are feeling right now and to not push it away, and also the truth of the world as it is. To be open to showing up differently. Not as a non-racist, but as an anti-racist. That's the inner game we are facing, the inner battle. And just know this will take time. It won't happen overnight. It will require a lot of learning on our part, a lot of Being able to be uncomfortable. That's why we practice mindfulness and this whole practice in the last 8% morning. To be able to be with the unpleasant or the not calm physical sensations long enough to be non-judgmental. So we can just stay there long enough to learn, to grow, to transform. But I know you can do it. Because you are a last eight percenter. You are here because you believe in personal transformation through the difficult situations we face. You are not going to avoid the reality of what we face today, nor the hard work that will be needed to make real change happen. So if you're wondering, well, what concrete steps can I take? How can I be... An anti-racist. Well, that's what we're going to talk about the rest of the week. So feel your body, feel your feet on the ground. Feel grateful that we can make a choice between being non-racist and anti-racist. Feel grateful that we even know this distinction and that we can work from this distinction. Feeling our belly rise and fall. And as opposed to feeling gratitude today, specifically, let's feel some compassion for the suffering. As we finish this podcast, I would like to do it in memory of Brianna Taylor. You might not know her name. She's a 26-year-old African-American medical technician, a frontline responder who was shot and killed in her home by police on March 13th. It would have been her 27th birthday on June 5th, just three days ago. No, there was not a video, and as yet no charges have been brought against the involved officers. Breonna Taylor, we say her name we pause to reflect on the names we will never know, the cases that do not become international stories. We remember their lives and hold them with us as we work to see the world as it is, as we work to transform ourself so that we can help transform the world. Martin Luther King Jr. said, the ultimate measure of a man or woman is not where he or she stands in moments of comfort and convenience, but where he or she stands at times of challenge and controversy. Have a great day.